Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Bible Reading Podcast. Peter here, continuing our journey through the Gospel of Mark this season of Lent. And our reading for today uh, comes right on the heels of the Feeding of the 5,000 story that, uh, that Joel led us through yesterday. And uh, one of the things I really found interesting as we look at our text today, which is Jesus walking on the water and the disciples are scared and think he's a ghost and they invite him into the boat and, and everything immediately becomes calm and they're kind of, they're, uh, they're, they're shocked, they're, they're alarmed at that, uh, kind of very similar to when Jesus calmed the storm in an earlier story. And, and right after that, there's actually even more ministry that happens. The crowds are there. They, they're, they're excited about the Feeding of the 5,000 event. That's kind of catapulted Jesus even into even greater fame, notoriety. And so uh, really, there, that, that final paragraph in our reading for today is kind of the climax of Jesus' popularity uh, in the Gospel of Mark. Because after our reading for today, things are going to shift. Uh, there's going to, we're going to start to see conflict uh, with the religious leaders of the day. We're going to see Jesus essentially heading more and more to the cross. There's more teaching that's recorded, but also ultimately he's heading toward the cross. So our reading for today really is the climax of his, uh, of the height of his popularity and, and his, uh, his ministry uh, in one sense. Uh, but what I want to do is just kind of really focus on, on two things, uh, uh, that really jumped out for me in the reading. And one was that um, after the feeding of the 5,000 event, um, Jesus goes off to a solitary place to pray. Now, I actually found this kind of funny how this kind of flows because actually that's what they were trying to do at the beginning of the text from yesterday. Uh, in yesterday's text that Joel had us look at, the disciples had just gotten back from ministry. They're exhausted. And Jesus says, hey, we need to have some some time alone to retreat, to recuperate, to spend time with the with the Father, to to rest, and so uh, and so they try to do that. It doesn't work out that way because the crowds get to the, where their retreat center before they do, and that results in all the ministry that happens because Jesus has compassion, and then the feeding of five thousand event happens, and all that. Well, at the end of all that, what happens? You would think that Jesus would say, okay, now let's have our retreat. Let's now have our, our alone time. But no, he doesn't do that. He sends his disciples across the lake, I think kind of like a decoy, just to kind of draw the crowds away so he can have his alone time in the mountains with the Father, which is, you know, as an introvert, I really appreciate that whole concept of sending your people away. I've had enough. And so you can kind of have your own recharged time. Now, I don't think Jesus was really being that mean, but I just thought that was kind of amusing. Uh, but I think the point is, and what really jumped out for me, that however you want to read that or what was whatever was going on there with uh, sending the disciples ahead, is that Jesus needed that time with the Father. You know, in his humanity, he he needed to pull away from the crowds and and spend that uh, that that kind of continual time, periodic time set aside just to to be with the Father. And and if Jesus needed that, uh, who is perfect, how much more do we need that? And so I've always been convicted by that about my own need 
uh, you know, if Jesus needed to spend that time with the Father, uh, it seems like on a daily basis or certainly on a regular basis, he would have that intentional time just to be alone with the Father in prayer. Uh, if Jesus needed that, how much more uh, do we need that? Uh, but then this kind of thought came to me too. You know, I know that I need that time and, and how I usually approach that time uh, with the Lord is kind of it flows out of my understanding of my own brokenness uh, and my own sinful nature. I just know each morning as I wake up, I just feel, uh, you know, the flesh and just the, you know, the temptations of the world and the flesh and the devil. And I know I just need to kind of dive in and spend that time with the Lord to to reorient myself to the Lord, to kind of, again, take up my cross and, and consider uh, myself, you know, dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus, and to, uh, to there's almost a surgical aspect to uh, my times with the Lord. I'm I'm coming under the knife and allowing Him to do surgery because I acknowledge my brokenness and sin, and so I need Him to come as that surgeon and just to and to do that work in me uh, each and every morning. But now I think about this. Here's Jesus. Well, He doesn't have a sinful nature. Uh, he he's he's not broken. <laughs> he's not broken humanity, and so but yet he needs to be alone with the Father, and so there appears to be a different uh, purpose that Jesus is modeling actually in having that time with the Father. It's not flowing out of the old nature; it's flowing out of the new nature, you could say. And uh, but Jesus only has a new nature; he doesn't have that fallen nature. So. So I wonder if maybe when I say Jesus needed that time with the Lord, well, I think that's maybe still, you could say, true in his humanity, but it's also possible I'm I'm reading into that. Uh, I'm assuming some things. It may have just been he wanted to be with the Father. He, he has this relationship with the Father such that he misses having that time with him. And so after all this ministry, uh, yeah, maybe he did need to rejuvenate in his humanity. He's tired, he's exhausted. Uh, and so he needed that time, but maybe he also just, he just wanted to be with his father, to to feel the father's gaze, to, to hear the father's well done, to bask in the praise of the father. And, uh, and so maybe that's the place that I and maybe we uh, need to approach our own times with the Lord, not out of this thing of, oh, I'm broken in sin and God do your work of surgery. I, there's a place for that. But maybe, uh, maybe the, there's, there's another perspective here that we come just to bask in the approval of the Father. You know, I think of uh, years ago when my, my, my Hannah, my oldest daughter, was just a little kid, four or five years old. She was really squirmy in church, and we were always trying to discipline her, to try to coach her, to keep her, um, you know, more, you know, less distracting in church. And and I remember one uh, one Sunday, she was particularly good. And uh, after uh, after church, I just kind of looked at her really intensely, and I just said, "Hannah," and there was like kind of a fear a little bit in her eyes, like, "Oh no, what did I do?" <laughs> and I just said, with the biggest look of love I could conjure up in approval. I just said, you were very good today. And this smile just exploded across her face. She was basking in the approval of her father. And I think that's really what God wants for us when we spend time with him. He wants us to bask 
in the approval of our Father. He loves us. He is for us, not against us. And even when we stumble and fall down, he disciplines us. Uh, he coaches us, just like I did my kids. But he, we're safe and secure. His love does not change. We're never going to get kicked out of the family. Uh, he loves us. He approves of us. He, he, he loves us just as we are, uh, even though he certainly wants to grow us into uh, creatures who, uh, who look like him, uh, who take on his likeness. So that was one thing that uh, really jumped out for me. And then just the other thing, just really briefly in closing here, was just, uh, you know, after the, the disciples are in the boat and so the wind and the waves and the storm and they're, they see Jesus walking on the water, they think it's a ghost and they, uh, they're scared. And Jesus says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he gets in the boat, and immediately the wind ceases, and it says they are, were utterly astounded. Why? For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. And that just struck me, and I don't know if I have full time to really unpack that too much, other than just to say, as I think about, what was it about the loaves that they forgot? Well, part of it was kind of how Joel uh, ended uh, yesterday, you know, Jesus is the shepherd, and he saw uh, the crowds. They were sheep without a shepherd, and so he became their shepherd, but not just in his teaching, in this miraculous event of the feeding the 5,000 as well. Uh, he is the shepherd of humanity. Why should we be afraid if he is our shepherd? He's come as that for us, and the disciples hadn't quite gotten that yet. Their hearts were still hardened, and so a word to us that we would enter our day today today that know that we have a shepherd, the shepherd of humanity. If God is for us, who could be against us? There's nothing we need to be afraid of. We can rest in him, and not only that, know that he has adopted us into his family. He's our brother. We have the same father, and as we together with Jesus look up to our father, we can know that the Father smiles upon us. We can bask in the approval of our Father because of Jesus, our shepherd. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you uh, for diving in and coming to the rescue as one of us and then pulling us into relationship with the Father, your Father, our Father. Uh, we have his approval and and it was the Father himself who sent Jesus. It was the Father's idea. The Father himself loves us. And so uh, we bask in your love and approval, Father, and give us grace, maybe starting today or starting tomorrow, starting this week, that as we spend our time with you in, in, in the Word and in prayer, that we would come to that maybe not just as something of going under the knife in a surgery, but simply because we want to be with you and we want to bask in your love and your approval. Uh, so give us that heart, those that soft heart, that not hardened heart, but the soft hearts that would uh, soak in uh, that great love of yours for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.